Now it's time to cut through the clutter and noise with one of the South's most recognized voices. Just saying. This is Just Saying with Jason Scarborough. Jason, what's up, brother? You may not always agree with him, but he's just saying. Now let's get to it with the man, the myth, the legend. Well, most days. Here's Jason Scarborough. Oh my goodness. How are you? Yes, I'm talking to you. Listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the TuneIn Radio app, Stitcher, and possibly at spiritmedianet.com. It's been a while since we've been able to visit, right? Just saying with yours truly, Jason Scarborough, right here on the Spirit Media Network and broadcasting live from the KDMC studios here in Mississippi. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and downloading the podcast. That's the key. Download it. And if you're listening to it on Spotify, save it, download it, whatever you got to do. iTunes, same thing. Share the link with your friends. Listen to it while you're cutting the grass on the treadmill, traveling to your favorite destination, probably with the MDOT traffic app i'm sure by the way you can download the mdot traffic app and that will keep you in between the ditches as we like to say so hope you're doing well it's been a minute since we've been able to to hang out here a lot has happened as you might imagine we've been a little busy here at the spirit media network if you haven't heard by now either you're outside of mississippi possibly or maybe you just haven't heard for whatever reason But we're excited to launch Audibles with Jason Scarborough, yours truly, on television. So you can watch the show, not only on our digital platforms, but you can also see it live every Sunday night at 11.05 p.m. on WJTV News Channel 12 in Jackson. That is the CBS affiliate here in Jackson, Mississippi, for those of you who are out of state. And WHLT22 in Hattiesburg, also a CBS affiliate in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That's in South Mississippi, for those of you out out of the state, maybe not from Mississippi. So two TV markets picking up our show in a simulcast every Sunday night. I cannot stress to you how big of a deal that is. I'm sure you understand how big of a deal it is to hear, hey, you got your own show on TV and not one but two TV markets. We are blessed and grateful for the opportunity. And if you've never seen Audibles, you're probably thinking, what is Audibles? It's our show, signature show. Yours truly will sit down with folks, authors, athletes, entertainers, innovators, doctors, artists, anyone who helps shape our culture here in Mississippi and the Deep South. That is who we want to sit down with, and we have sat down already with a lot of interesting people and a lot of people that you would recognize, I feel like, notable name recognition. So far, this season, or this TV contract, as as we like to call it, just my foot here. I had to stretch my foot out here for a second, kind of cramped in the studio here. So we've had on Ole Miss head football coach Lane Kiffin. That was an interesting interview. Uh, that's what we... Broke the wrapper on the TV deal with Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach, Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall. And this past Sunday, 
Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen, who has had a phenomenal career. I mean, he's seen Mississippi State through every possible lens that you can imagine as a student, as a student athlete on the baseball team back in the 80s when Rafael Palmero, uh, Will Clark, the Thigpens and Brantleys and you name it, Coach Ron Polk was his head coach and really the invention of SEC baseball back in the 80s. And then he had a chance to coach his Bulldogs. He came back to Starville and was a head baseball coach there in the dugout, got Mississippi State to the National Championship Series. I believe that was 2013, and they fell to UCLA. And, uh, of course, Mississippi State winning the National Championship this past summer. And now he's the athletic director. So he has a big part in Mississippi State winning the National Championship in baseball because uh, Chris Lamonis, the head coach there, is – Coach Cohen's hire. So you tip your hat to Coach Cohen for that. He was our guest this past Sunday. Coming up this Sunday, we have Mississippi's own Robert St. John. He is a renowned restaurateur here in Mississippi. Uh, several restaurants in Hattiesburg. Of course, where our affiliate for Audible's WHLT resides. Of course, he's an author. He's also a TV show host. And uh, he's just an incredible story. And we can't wait to unveil that story for you on Sunday night. If you're outside of the area of Mississippi, the the broadcast area, you can watch live on the WJTV app. Just go in the App Store, uh, Google Play, uh, iTunes, what, whatever kind of smart device you've got. And you can download the app and watch it live there Sunday night. Or you can wait until Monday morning. And, of course, go back and watch the unedited full episodes on our digital platforms, YouTube, uh, we have a YouTube channel there. We ask that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Spirit Media Network. And, of course, we have a Roku channel as well, which is kind of cool. I think it's pretty neat that we've got a Roku channel. Just search for Audibles in the Roku store uh, on your Roku device. And just it's free. You can download it there and watch all the unedited uh, full episodes there as well. Of course, we post the episodes on Facebook Watch as well. Uh, if you have a smart TV like so many folks do, you can pull it up and watch it on your TV there if you wish. Or just DVR it if you're in Mississippi. But if you're out of Mississippi and uh, are outside the coverage area, and you want to watch it there, uh, you can do so on our digital platform. So big show coming up today. It's going to be college football heavy just because it's been, what, about a year since we've done a podcast, give or take. Uh, Been kind of busy. Uh, Of course, a lot of you remember around this time last year, I had surgery and then had the subsequent recovery. And then we had the holidays. And then we had an ice storm here in Mississippi in February crazy just crazy crazy busy but glad to be back with you here on just saying and talking about all sorts of things but again today will be college football heavy uh we've got max howell our good friend we just call him coach uh he's coached a little bit of everywhere uh he's done a little bit of everything uh he's working for the national hemp growers association right now with the co-ops around the southeast and the country of course max howell pretty much the forerunner for the SEC network. Uh, he and his partners and his uh, co-host and his staff, they created and then he co-hosted conference call back in the day and they would travel and go to a different SEC football school every week and they'd be on the road. They set up and do a radio remote. They had dozens and dozens of radio affiliates all across the Southeast and uh, yours truly, I used to listen to it all the time. 
I did. I, as soon as I get in my car in the afternoons leaving work, I'd punch it up and hear that guitar theme, and and you knew it was time to talk some college football. So, uh, Coach Howell, of course, the first sports talk radio host in Atlanta. Think about that. The first sports talk radio host in Atlanta, Georgia. And Atlanta is a huge media market. And you got to think when he was telling us in his interview with us for Audibles, which you'll see on TV uh, later on this year, that will tighten you up when you flip the switch and you know you're talking to a radio market back then in the 80s of uh, somewhere around 450 to 500,000 people. He said, that'll knock you up real quick. <laughs> so Coach Howell going to join us to talk a little college football. Brad Logan with the Logan Media Network. He's going to join us uh, coming up here in about 20 minutes or so, give or take. And he'll break down last weekend in the SEC, particularly Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And we'll look forward to this weekend. Uh, Ole Miss with a big matchup. At Rocky Top at Tennessee, the Rebels rank number 13 in the country. And then you've got Mississippi State welcoming in an angry and agitated number five ranked Alabama football team. Of course, the Tide knocked off as the number one team in College Station last week to an A&M team that had lost to Mississippi State the week before in College Station. Transitive property doesn't work in college football. Just going ahead and telling you. And then David Culpepper. Marketing Director with King's Daughters Medical Center. Of course, King's Daughters, a big, big sponsor with everything that we do here at the Spirit Media Network. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on and uh, look forward to talking to David. What can you do right now? Where are we in the pandemic? Are we starting to wrap this thing up? What have they seen with certain therapies and treatments outside of the vaccine? You know, there's a lot of back and forth on the vaccine and rightfully so. But there are other treatments. What other treatments are there? And what is the effectiveness of those treatments? We'll talk to David about that coming up a little bit later on. But don't forget, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spirit Media Network. Download our Audible's Roku channel for free. Just search for Audible's on your Roku device. And like our Facebook page. Search for us at Spirit Media Network on Facebook and go and check us out on Twitter, Spirit Media MS. Of course, you got to do the little at sign on Twitter for those of you not familiar with Twitter. You've got to put the little at symbol in there and, and then search for us. So, a lot of fun, a lot of stuff going on. Of course, we were with WJTV last weekend for Sports on Saturday, hanging out with Noah Newman, sports director at. WJTV and uh, got to co-host the show with him. We had on Keith Carter, athletic director at Ole Miss, and Kermit Davis, head basketball coach at Ole Miss, just happened to be standing there. We didn't even have it scheduled. Happened to be standing there and said, we'd love to have you on. And he said, really? Yeah, absolutely. So I got a two-for-one there with uh, interviews last Saturday. So uh, yours truly will be in Starkville Saturday night for Alabama and Mississippi State. So you can follow along for updates on our Twitter page. That's probably where we'll be posting them uh, instead of Facebook. So if you want to follow along there, big weekend of football, and we are looking forward to it. So you know me, I always like looking for funny, interesting, crazy, weird stories throughout the week. And there's a couple, actually, before we toss it to break. This is, this is interesting to me. In Hungary, a man escaped from prison. He must have been really lonely. So he escaped from prison. One of the first things he did after breaking out was he posted an ad 
with his name and his picture on an online dating site or multiple dating sites, actually. Well, he didn't exactly make the love connection that he was open for. The cops recognized him and set up a date at a local pastry shop. And he took the bait. Oh, no, he took the bait and he was arrested. I mean, what would you do if and hopefully none of you listening are have been in prison. And if you have, God bless you, you've gotten a second chance. If you are in prison, God bless you if you're listening. But if you get out of prison, what is the first thing you're doing? I wouldn't think on your top five list it's to post an ad. I mean, not getting out like legally if you escape. What's the first thing you're doing? And I'm not endorsing crime by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just thinking, man, top five things on your mind. To me, that's not one of the first things you're thinking about. You know, I should really get on Facebook dating or match. I would think that that's not the first thing that comes to your mind if you escape from prison. Hey, speaking of love, they rated the worst responses that you can get to the topic or to the response. uh, What do you say when someone says, I love you? And what's the weirdest response that you've ever gotten? So here's some of the answers that that we've gotten. Okay, so they did a study on this. This is interesting. Weirdest response you've gotten to I love you. Here's the first response. It'll pass. (laughs) I love you. And the response you get, it'll pass. That's really good for the confidence, isn't it? I love you. (laughs) Complete silence. (laughs) Can you imagine being in the car with the person that you think you're in love with and you say, I love you. And there's nothing. There's no response. And it's a long drive and and nothing. And you have to say it again and there's still silence. (laughs) Maybe the person says, hey, you want to see what's on the radio or check out this podcast that I've been listening to called Just Saying, right? All right, here's another response to I love you. Weird response. Your communication (laughs) violates. I can't even say this with a straight face. Your communication violates our restraining order. What? Something tells me the relationship was not close enough to utter those three words. All right, here's the last one. Weird response to I love you. I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. (laughs) I just told you I love you. Yeah, I'm really craving that number one from Chick-fil-A. I love you. Can we order pizza or Chinese What's the weirdest response that you've had to those words? I love you. Hit us up on the Twitter at Spirit Media MS or hit us up on Facebook, Spirit Media Network. Let us know the weirdest response that you've gotten to those words. I love you. There might be a gift card in it for you. You never know. Here's another weird story. With Halloween coming up, I don't know if I should read this one. Police in China arrested a man who used his chainsaw to cut a hole in his boss's office door and then destroy his furniture. The disgruntled employee managed to buzz through the desk, an armchair, a coffee table, and a lamp before police arrived. You know, you didn't give me that raise that I've been wanting. 
And you forgot to send me a fruitcake last year for the holidays, so I am going to cut a hole in the office door and chop up all of your furniture and a lamp. Where was the boss? That's what I'd like to know. Where, where was the boss? What, was he in the office? Was he was he in the John? Did he go down the hall for coffee? I mean, what? Uh, yeah. Oh, and how about this? The tweet of the week. The, this is really, really good. And this is from It's Maddie May on Twitter. Tweet of the week. This is what she says. Quote, this little girl I'm babysitting just asked me if I have a boyfriend. And I said, no, not anymore. And she said, quote, boyfriends are a waste of time. And then she turns to her brother and tells him, you're going to be a waste of time. <laughs> That's the tweet of the week from It's Maddie May on Twitter. Little girl she's babysitting. Says you got a boyfriend? Nope. Yeah, boyfriends are a waste of time. And then she looks at the brother and says, you're going to be a waste of time. Sounds like my sister's. <laughs> Just say whatever, right? How's that for that little guy's confidence, hearing that from his sister? Unbelievable. Good stuff as always. All right, we're going to burn a time out here when we come back. Coach Max Howell going to break down a little college football for us. And uh, we roll on here. First podcast of the year here in October. We've been a little busy, but we're going to catch up. I promise you that here on Just Saying on the Spirit Media Network. Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT Traffic app. The MDOT Traffic app is free for both Apple and Android devices. And remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. Family owned and operated since 1986, Lakeside Molding has become the trusted source of architectural products throughout the South. They offer fine interior architectural moldings, custom millwork, and cabinet doors designed and handcrafted in Flowood. Their showroom on Lakeland Drive is stocked with today's most sought after interior details, including corbels, posts, fireplace mantles, bath vanities, butcher block islands, mirrors, and much more. Tim Shoemaker and his staff work closely to meet client needs for new construction, restoration, and remodeling projects. Lakeside Molding, where details make the difference. Have a topic you'd like discussed on Just Saying? Shoot Jason an email. It's really that simple. Jason at spiritmedianet.com. You never know when your topic or even you may make an appearance on the show. Now, let's roll on here on Just Saying. We welcome you back to Just Saying here on the Spirit Media Network. Glad that you are with us wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify. Let's see, where else are we? Apple iTunes, Google Play, the TuneIn Radio app, Stitcher. I'm still trying to figure that out. And, of course, spiritmedianet.com. Of course, you've got our website bookmarked by now. I'm sure you are. I know one person that has it bookmarked. He's on the KDMC guest line, our good friend. We just call him Coach. He's Coach Max Howell. And it's hard to believe that this is the first podcast of the year. I was telling someone earlier, you know, we've been kind of busy. So the podcast has uh, kind of fallen to uh, the bottom of the priority list. Not that it's not important. It's just we've kind of had some other things going on, you know, TV deals and whatnot, and uh, traveling the Southeast covering college football. So we've been a little busy. You've been a little busy, too. It's always good to catch up with you, Coach. Uh, 
first of all, how would you frame football season so far if you had to frame it in just a couple of words? I think it's been as entertaining as we could have. If you were not a fan of either team that a game you attended, Jason, I thought I really think it was it's been entertaining. Uh, Mike Leach and uh, basically it, it, Lee Kiffin coming to the league and you know brought some exciting points there. I mean, how far you got to go back? Last week, fifty-two, fifty-one. Uh, the year before that, with Ole Miss and Alabama, Alabama, Ole Miss scored forty-eight points on a team that won a national championship. Uh, the, the team that beats Alabama this year, Mississippi State beats them the week before. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's really been typical SEC the way SEC used to be. Alabama kind of emerged, as you know, mm-hmm. It's kind of the king of the hill for a while. But uh, I think I think they really had people come to the realization that you better come to play every Saturday if you're going to win a championship now. Is there a game last week that I know it's going to be difficult to say that the game that really caught everyone's attention was obviously A&M knocking off previous number one Alabama. Just no one expected that. I mean, if you had to choose between the games you thought Alabama was going to lose or had a chance to lose, not that they you actually thought they were going to lose, but a chance to lose, it would be maybe Ole Miss, maybe, I don't know, Georgia in the SEC championship game, and then and then that's it. A and M was not on that list. So if, if there's a game outside of that game where you went, huh? Okay, that that surprised me a little bit. Is there a game last weekend that did that for you? No, I, I think it, it, it makes reference to the. I have a different opinion about the, the Texas A and M game in Alabama. I really do believe this. It's kind of a conspiracy theory, but I, I do believe that that Jimbo. Risk losing and did lose two ball games and should have lost three in, in the efforts to win against Alabama. I think he sacrificed that. I think practices were built around to win Alabama, to beat Alabama. He knew the losses would go down. He just got a new contract uh, for eight more years at seventy-five billion dollars a packet or the seventy-five billion dollar package, seven and a half million a year. Uh, I mean, he's got he had everything going for him, but he realized. He's not a dummy. He realized that the two losses that they absorbed would go away if they could beat Alabama. And sure enough, they did. Uh, and I, and I, Coach Saban pretty well addressed that point. I watched both his juice conferences this week, and uh, he addressed that point. He said they took advantage of every mistake that, this, that my team made. Uh, and he said he kind of smiled a little bit and said and there were quite a few. Uh, I know one thing. I'd hate to be a coach on that staff and in that staff at <laughs> six o'clock on Sunday morning. I tell you that. <laughs> I've been in some of those before. Yeah, you you've been there and done that. Got the T shirt, the the rally towel, the memo board, everything. You you've got everything from those type of meetings, and that's an interesting theory, you know, because A and M certainly did seem to have an answer for everything Alabama did offensively or defensively. It was still a narrow nip and tuck game, but A and M did have a sizable lead the majority of the game, and you're just sitting there scratching your head, going, "What in the world is going on?" So. That's actually not that crazy of a theory that you've got. So at least Jimbo keeps that seat a little cooler right now, right? I don't think he's in the doubt. Remember, he's the first assistant out of 25 efforts. <laughs> assistant coaches that worked with Coach Saban yeah. and tried. He was the first one to do it, to beat him. Yeah. Uh, and say he did. And I think it was, if you really watched the game, Jason, they took advantage of every mistake Alabama made. They, it was almost like they were prepared. You know, they they rushed, they, they blitzed always on the weak side where they had two blockers. They brought three. Uh, they got three sacks uh, against Bryce and, 
Uh, I mean, so, you, you know, you take a look at, at the things that Alabama rarely ever does. How about first to goal at the four if you throw the ball three times? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's NFL stuff. You don't do that. When you've got a 230-pound running back is having a good ball game on top of that. So, I, you know, little things like that, mistakes made uh, on the Alabama side, it, it, it appears that A&M was prepared for every one of those, and they took advantage of it. He's the coach, Coach Max Howell, joining us on the KDMC guest line here on Just Saying, broadcast of the Spirit Media Network. All right, so I'll start with the first – the, the two games this weekend that involve Mississippi schools, since we are broadcasting from Mississippi, uh, we're heard all over the world, obviously, on the inter- in the interwebs, as one of my friends calls it. But obviously, right here in Mississippi, two big games. You've got Ole Miss going to Tennessee. The Rebels ranked number 13 once again after knocking off Arkansas in a nip and tuck game. Just an exciting ball game. I got to go. It was a great environment pretty much from start to finish all day. And then Mississippi State faces this angry, I would say probably motivated more so than last week, Alabama football team. Let's start with Ole Miss Tennessee. What do you make of that game and what do you anticipate happening? I think that, I think it's going to, I think the overdoers like 80 plus now. <laughs> I think I had a bit 90 baby. I think it's going to be one of those typical Ole Miss games. I think whoever's got the ball last probably wins. Now I, I, I say that, Almost in jazz because if you really analyze Tennessee uh, from top to bottom, when, when Jeremy Pruitt was let go and it made a transition, they had 25 players go in the transfer portal. That means their talent level has to be down. Uh, they took advantage of, of a few transfers. Uh, they found them a quarterback he could throw. And they offensively, uh, Hypo brought the, the Central Florida, which was one of the top two or three uh, you know, offenses in the country. Uh, he brought it to Tennessee, and they've now learned that. They still don't play very much defense. So, I, you know, Ole Miss is going to have to match a point for point. But if you look at who Ole Miss has played uh, now versus what, who Tennessee has played and, and compare that, uh, the scores that way, uh, Ole Miss is only what are like a four-point favorite for Ole Miss going mm-hmm. into Knox. But the fact is, is I like them, and I think they will, you know, win that ball game. But they, they're gonna have to score, you know, because Tennessee's not gonna, you know, they aren't gonna let up. That they've got some confidence now that they they can throw the ball around, and the running game is pretty good. Uh, Ole Miss will have to play and score every time they get the ball. I think. Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard it kicked around this week, and. You know, I want to I want to ask our our next guest, Brad Logan. I want to ask him. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Looking at Tennessee, do you feel like that if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're kind of looking at Tennessee the same way that folks were looking at Ole Miss going into that Alabama game? Who have you played? You know, Tennessee yep. has played South. They they have blowout wins in the SEC against Missouri and South Carolina. Well, well those teams are combined zero and five in the SEC. Right. <laughs> They're combined six and six. Uh, so, what do you? What can you really gauge from – and they did lose to a Pittsburgh team early on. So what can you yeah. really gauge about Tennessee so far? Because everyone's expecting Tennessee to – if you listen outside of Mississippi, people are expecting Tennessee to run away with it. What say you? No. No, I don't. I, no, I, I think I think Ole Miss wins that football game because, as you pointed out, that they really – you have to look at the opponents mm-hmm. when you start – you know, when you start comparing scores, and that's what that's all they're doing right now. I think Ole Miss will be better coached. I think they'll be better disciplined. No doubt that the, the quarterback situation will be better. Uh, and if not, they'll put Pumley in there. Uh, you know, let him run, <laughs> let him turn the corner. Uh, so they got, they still got some weapons that they probably had utilized up to them. 
But uh, Ole Miss will have to lose the ball game. Tennessee will not beat the position. I promise you that. All right, Alabama coming to Starkville. That'll be the game that uh, we will be at with the Spirit Media Network Saturday night. Should be a, a crazy environment. And you wonder two weeks in a row, road games, it's going to be loud because of the cowbells. Bryce Young, are, are you worried about him? He, he's there last week with 110, whatever it is, 1,000 people. Uh, Looks shaky at times. The offensive line for Alabama has had their share of, of troubles this year. And you got to think that Zach Arnett with Mississippi State, the defensive coordinator there, he's going to have something cooked up to, to get extra pressure on Bryce Young. So the cowbells will be ringing. It'll be another road game in the SEC. What do you make of this contest in Starkville Saturday night? 68,000 cowbells can't make as much noise as 106,000 right out there, or, or the 100,000 in, in the swamp that they had to play against. Alabama will come to play. Trust me, they won't make big mistakes this one. If you listen to Coach Saban's press conference, uh, the, 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 the guys that got the most work this week were the assistant coaches, I can promise you, because he basically laid that loss on them. So, you know, I, I think, in all due respect, uh, he addressed the passing game, 80% uh, throwing the football. And I, the stats that I love, is they, they won the ball game against LSU two weeks ago. But they threw, they completed 47 passes, Jason. Only one for 25 yards. Everything else was 12 and under. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 that's, what, that's what Alabama's expected. They're going to rush three. They're going to drop eight on them and drop five underneath. They, the coach Saban said, I mean, without hesitation, they have to keep all the wide receivers in front of them and they have to tackle well because that's where they do. They throw five to seven yard passes. Uh, and it's, a, it's a ball control offense for the passing game. But Will Rogers is not a threat to Rudd. We know that. Uh, so in this offense, he has to complete it. And the, and the receivers not only do they have to catch, which they can, but they got to run. They got to make three to five to eight yards after they catch the ball. So you can't play soft on it. You're going to have to play up, you know, pretty aggressive. And I look for some blitz packages to come from Alabama down. Address the Alabama side. The weakness was their right guard and right tackle. Look for, look for Alabama to start substituting at that level quickly. Uh, I look for a couple of those freshman uh, five-star guys to come in and start playing. And look for a lot of rotation to the offensive front. If, they, if the blitz package starts to become overwhelming, they aren't going to leave him in the pocket. They're going to run him to the corner. And, uh, let him throw the run. And he's pretty good doing that, by the way. So I, I you know, I, I just, I think the, the talent level between the two is just uh, is too great. Uh, I think Alabama's worth fourteen to fifteen points on favorite. I look for them probably win by twenty. Going to be interesting because you've got Will Rogers ranked number five in passing yards in the country, and Makai Polk, who's had a phenomenal year, he's third in the country in receptions per game and I did hear Nick Saban say something interesting in his press conference this past week uh, this past Monday and he said you know the inter- he was asked a question about how quickly Mississippi State gets rid of the football and, and Saban said you know it takes more energy this was an interesting answer to me and, and I know you've got some insight on it he said it, it takes more energy to exert on a pass rush than it sure. does to play rushing defense because you're doing all this maneuvering to get to the quarterback and if the ball is gone in two and a half, three seconds, three and a half right. seconds at the most, you know, you do that 40, 50, 60, 70 plays a game, it'll wear you down. How does Alabama contend with that? Because if Will Rogers, if he's going to have the football gone, 
in three seconds, how do they get to Will Rogers? Well, they probably don't get too many too many time, but they just substitute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're eight or nine deep on the defensive front. In particular, if they got one assignment to rush the passer, they don't have to be concerned about the run. They let the linebackers worry about the run. They'll, if, if they start completing them or and or trying to run the draw or whatever play action off of that, they'll cheat those linebackers up. If they'll take the they'll use a spy with the with the backs that stay in the backfield with the linebackers and let the three men rush or four, uh, depending on down the distance, they'll let them, you know, just go all out for the rush, go from point A to point B as fast as you get there. Uh, and without worrying about the run or delayed draw or whatever. So Rogers is not a threat doing that. He I mean he'll have a hard time getting out of the backfield if they think they're gonna try to run him. Uh, so I, I just I think there's an answer for everything that they might try to do. And, and he is absolutely right about the, the exertion of that. If you got to do it, you know, he's they're going to throw 40 to 50 times. They do it every week, sometimes 60 uh, times. But if they're going to do that every, you know, every snap, they know that they aren't worried about the, the run. And it'll be just like a quarterback that runs a linebacker on spy on that back that's left and uh, go wherever he goes. If they got, you know, if, they, if they're going to play five linebackers, or play two inside linebackers and three, you know, three strong safeties back there. Then they're gonna put somebody spying on wherever. If they rarely will they ever use two backs back there, Jason. They'll lose one. Is all mm-hmm. they do, or they even motion him out. Well, if they motion him out, you don't have a threat of the run at all. You could bring three, four, or five, or whatever you want to bring. Uh, and it's a chess game. I mean, that's you know. I just think that that the talent level between the two and the depth between the two will be the difference in the ballgame. I'm not saying Alabama will run away from it right up. I think it, it'll probably, just like they have in the past, they'll win it in the fourth quarter because they've got more players that can play you know, the full game. He's Coach Max Howell joining us on the KDMC Guest Line. We are driven by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. You can find them on Facebook and on Twitter at MDOT. Don't forget you can download the Mississippi Department of transportation app that'll tell you road closures, traffic at, you know, it's just give you an update on everything when you're traveling to your favorite game destination, either Friday or Saturday. Doesn't matter where you're going. Download the app. It's free. It can give you all kinds of information. And that comes in handy when you're traveling like we are going to these games. Trust me. So the SEC outside of Mississippi State, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, I got to tell you, this Auburn-Arkansas game, it intrigues me only with the fact that I think Arkansas is going to win, and I think Arkansas is going to win big, I could be wrong. Uh, and then Georgia and Kentucky, I, I don't think that Georgia is going to blow Kentucky out. Am, am I totally crazy thinking that? Well, Kentucky had beaten anybody. Let me just talk a little bit about Mark Stoops. I think he's doing the best job out there in picking up players through the portal. Uh, he got him a good quarterback, a running throw, kid that was supposed to start for Penn State, by the way. Is now there. He, he picked him up a decent running back and two offensive linemen, and that's what that's what they've been winning on. Now they, you know, check their one loss record. They're undefeated, but they, you know they had beat the, the powerhouses uh, to start with. Uh, Georgia wins that ball game. Uh, I think the question is, in my mind, Georgia still point. They think they're going to play Alabama for the championship, and I, I think that's why they're holding JT Daniels out to let the Bennett kid play uh, quarterback because their defense. Uh, you've heard me say this before, Jason. Kirby has finally done one thing at Georgia. They had won a championship since 1980, uh, but he's finally recruited enough players that can overcome his coaching ability. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's what's happened on the defense. If you look at the Washington defense closely, they're talented up front. I'm telling you, that number 99 that plays the nose, 
They let him stand up. They put him down. They let him play where he wants to play because he quit anything he did too on the field. And he's done that. But but they look sometimes they look like a house on fire. They just run. <laughs> they got so much talent they can just run all around and you know and even make mistakes and overcome those because they're so talented. And I think that's what wins the ball game. I think once again, much like Alabama, Mississippi State, Georgia's got so much more talent they'll be able to play starters in the fourth quarter for Kentucky Blue. And uh, I think yeah, I just I, I believe Georgia wins out. They know that this is the toughest challenge they've had up to now. But uh, I think they come away with a win. Florida LSU could be the um, – I don't know. Could that be the hot seat bowl? Because if you're mulling <laughs> at, at Florida and you lose that game against LSU, a program that Herb Street called out on game day weeks ago and everyone was like, oh, he's lost his mind. Well, now it seems as though Kirk has been prophetic in saying that LSU just looks like – they're not interested in playing football. There's no effort. There's no want to. Kind of looks to be true. And if Mullen drops that game at Baton Rouge Saturday night, then the the shift and the attention turns to Mullen. Like, what are you doing? But if Ogeron loses this game, of course, you know the question coming. How much longer do they give this guy? Well, let me just tell you, when the word starts getting out how much it's going to cost to hire a new coach, and I read those numbers this week, They've already got it figured on how much money it's going to cost to get him out of all those lawsuits, plus pay him all, and plus hire a new guy. I'll, I'll let you take a guess at that number. Oh, gosh. So you, you ready for this? Yeah. $100 million. Oh, gosh. Now, are they, but the word is, I think, that if he loses, it's over. I mean, it, really, they are going to try to make a change. Now, of course, you, you know how <laughs> they're from the South. They, we don't care how much it costs. We don't know how much down, how much a month. <laughs> That's, the way, that's basically the way they'll handle that. I'm sure. But uh, I, even if he loses, his job is not on the line. He'll get, he will, he'll get some heat, but his job is not on the line. He's, you know, he, the first three years he won thirty football games at Florida, and nobody else ever done that, including Spurrier. So you know he's safe. Uh, you know, another year like that will be a different story. I just take that out of the equation. But Ogeron can't afford to lose that ball game. Uh, I, I, and I don't. If Florida plays anywhere decent, as you hit it on the head a while ago when you said LSU. Plus that, look, LSU's lost their number one defensive back, their number one wide receiver, their number one defensive lineman for the year. The, those three starters are gone. So on top of that, you know, uh, what are they good for? You know, and, and look down the road beyond Florida. Got Florida in Baton Rouge, but they got to come to, to Oxford. Uh, it, you know, I don't think they could beat, LA, uh, beat Ole Miss, particularly what they're playing right now. So you let them lose a couple more games in addition to the Florida game and where they are right now and let them not go to a bowl game and you know, basically end up with a 6-6 six six season, there's no way he can stay. I don't see LSU defeating Florida. I don't see them beating Ole Miss. I sure as heck don't see them beating Alabama. And I don't see nope. them beating A&M at the end of the year. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I don't have a liberal program two years away from the national championship going to the bottom. You know, usually the next year you take a damn step, they did. But they didn't do anything to improve off of that program from last year even. In fact, they've gotten worse. Now, the injury factor, you know, they'll have to be penciled in. But uh, the fact is they aren't playing with enthusiasm like they really care. 
if you know if they would lose or draw. To tell you the truth. Well, Coach, as always, look, I'm so thankful that we get to hang out and talk. By the way, the other SEC games, Vanderbilt at South Carolina and Texas A&M at Missouri. I hate to say this in the two I-don't-care games of the weekend. Sorry, folks. I hate to tell A&M. I didn't know they played. I, didn't, I, didn't know, I thought Missouri had already left the league. <laughs> I just have the schedule right in front of me. That's the only reason I had it pulled up here. That's the only reason I knew. It's not like there's a ton of buildup about that game, right? Right. Hey, Coach, what's for supper Saturday? I'll go ahead and ask. You got some big plans for uh, supper Saturday? You better. Let me tell you, Ben. You know where I live. I live over here in Edelman County, Mm -hmm. on the river. And all my friends are hunters or fishermen. I've got two families I really run out, hang out with a lot. I've got big river homes, and uh, it's fun. Uh, my group went to – it's eight of them. Took off last weekend and went to the Mississippi Delta. It, of all things, it was squirrel hunting, the big box squirrels. They killed 32. Uh, we're going to have a big squirrel fry on Saturday, late Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I'm telling you, I've done this before for them. It's a, it's a sight to be seen. Now. Uh, these guys can eat. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you what they – what all they need. But we'll we'll do you know, we'll I'll fry some deep fry. Uh I'll do some of the grill, wrap them with bacon, uh like I do a tenderloin, uh cook those both ways. And the women will bring you know, we'll have two or three different salads. We'll have a coleslaw and a potato salad as well. Garlic bread. And then it, it's supposed to start getting a little cooler down the river. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime these guys have one dessert they will we call it the Mississippi Bud Pie. That's a three layer chocolate cake now. Between each layer is chocolate syrup with circumference. You take it warm from the oven and put two scoops of vanilla ice cream on top and serve it. And I'm telling you, that puts you, that's like, they'll put you in a coma after you've eaten a lot. <laughs> You're making me uh, want, want to make a beeline from Starville uh, Saturday night over to, to where you guys are hanging out and, and hang out with you guys. You know, if that game gets out of hand at halftime, you might see me knocking at your door. Just, just FYI. Come on, man. Come on. I can't see you. These guys, listen. They leave. They, you know, I got a deal with those guys. I, they tell me what they want to eat. Though. They've already told me. Obviously, they're gonna do the squirrel. I'll show up about four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, get the fire good and hot. They'll all. They'll either be on a bird shoot or they'll be hunting again on Saturday. They'll come in about three thirty four kick back and have a drink or two and I'll do all the preparation. Here's a good thing. I get to I get to all the cooking. The women bring the, the, the sides and the dessert. We finish, I'll have them clean the table. I get to bring home all the leftovers and they give you a couple of hundred bucks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> you don't uh, think I don't have a deal? Yeah, you got a you got a great deal going there. I, I need to work something out like that with my neighbors. They're all kind of weird, but uh, maybe we can get something worked out down the road. I don't know, but hey, always good to visit with you, Coach. I appreciate your friendship. Always good to talk college football with you, and uh, look forward to the next time we talk and the next time we get to visit. Anytime, Jason. You know this. My favorite. Just give me a call. Love to be with you. Absolutely. He's Coach Max Howell. You guys remember him from Conference Call and all of the stops coaching along the way. We appreciate him joining us on the KDMC Guest Line. We take a break and roll on here on Just Saying on the Spirit Media Network.
When it comes to cooking meals, drying clothes, heating water, and my home, natural gas from Centerpoint Energy is the best way to go. It saves money, offers comfort, and is better for the environment. So whether you're buying a new home or just replacing appliances, go with clean-burning, affordable natural gas from right here in the U.S. At Centerpoint Energy, we're investing in infrastructure to help bring comfort and savings to you. Visit centerpointenergy.com slash natural gas benefits to learn more. Centerpoint Energy, always there. Medical Center, providing quality care in a Christian environment. Visit kdmc.org to learn more about the KDMC Touch in caring for you and your family. Now, here's Jason. All right, we roll on here with Just Saying on the Spirit Media Network. We're glad that you're doing well, hopefully wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Maybe you're listening on Stitcher. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Maybe my next guest on the KDMC guest line can help me figure out Stitcher. He's Brad Logan of the Brad Logan Show on the Logan Media Network, as well as the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Also a contributor with us on WJTV's Sports Zone, Brad Logan. Have you ever heard of Stitcher? I'm still trying to figure that one out, Brad. Yes, I have. And you and I talked about different platforms, podcasts, and, and we use... We use a couple different podcast platforms, and Stitcher is part of that. Ask the actual operations of Stitcher, Jason. I cannot help. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it I out. I do know that I do know that all of our podcasts are on the Stitcher network. <laughs> Have no idea how to use Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio as well, and I remember TuneIn Radio. Yeah. I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with that. But I had uh, one of my young nieces and nephews ask me the other day. Uh, what's your Stitcher profile? And I'm like, I have no idea. I know we're there, but I don't know what our Stitcher profile is. But let's stick with what we do know about. How about that football? And we'll start last week. You know, saw you in Oxford. It was good to see you as always. JTV Sports Zone there in Oxford. And you and I both wondered how much of Snoop Connor we were going to see on offense for Ole Miss. That question was answered with a big exclamation point. Snoop had over 100 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns, two from long distance, which aided in propelling Ole Miss to a bounce-back win over previously ranked number 13 Arkansas. What other takeaways did, did you have from the Ole Miss win last week? Well, I don't believe that uh, Lane Kiff and Jeff Levy would admit this, but it took Jerry Ely to get injured before mm. they would play Snoop Connor. I don't know what's going on in that locker room to where they're not playing their best running back. You know, you and I both saw Snoop Connor in high school. He played quarterback at Hattiesburg. He played some running backs, Wildcat. He was an incredible high school football player in Mississippi, and Ole Miss is fortunate to have him. And, and quite frankly, Jason, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Henry Parrish Jr. or Jerry Ely, but to me personally, Snoop Connor is the most complete running back on the team. One of the most complete running backs in the Southeastern Conference. Um, at the end of the day, he got a lot of touches. Matt Corral played out of his mind again. I mean, I, you know, Matt Corral had this game circled ever since last year. He threw the five interceptions and seven total turnovers, and he came out and he played really well against that uh, that Barry Odom defense. And they just had no answer for Ole Miss. You know, it's funny. Ole Miss got tabbed to be, you know, played horribly defensively. I mean, how bad did Arkansas play? <laughs> and so. 
neither defense played well, and a lot of that is because K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback for Arkansas, the Mississippi product, was really good. I mean, he was, was fantastic, and, and he fits that system perfectly for Kendall Bryles. You know, watch that replay, and it, it's almost like it's replayed every night on, on different ESPN platforms. It's such a fun game to watch offensively. And Jefferson did such a great job reading the defenses and, and, and changing the play at the line of scrimmage and audibling out. So uh, he's got a bright future. I think he's just going to improve throwing the football. But uh, I know Ole Miss played, played well offensively. I thought they could play a little better in spurts. I thought the offensive line got the memo. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they played poorly at the, against Alabama a couple of weeks ago, and, and they definitely stepped up to the plate. They played well. But this, is, this team hinges on Matt Corral. And it's all about how he runs this team. It's all about how that offense clicks. And as long as as long as it's clicking with Matt Corral, he's making the throws that he's making. He's making the decisions whether to give it or whether to run it. This team's got a chance to win every game on the schedule. Now, are they going to win them? I don't know. I mean, can the defense improve? Uh, can they continue to play well offensively and not turn the ball over? And they're walking into a bit of a buzzsaw in Knoxville on Saturday night. It's going to be insane, um, you know, it's sold out for the first time since 2017 when Tennessee sold out against Georgia. Uh, they're believing in Knoxville right now. But at the end of the day, Matt Corral has been in that environment before, and I expect him to play well. Do you feel as if Ole Miss maybe, possibly, found some guys that could step in the absence of the injured playmakers? We just talked about Ely. Don't know how much longer Jonathan Mingo is going to be out. Ole Miss had some injuries along the offensive line last week. Do you feel like Coach Kiffin – is still in that quest to find out who's going to step up this week as the Rebels travel to Rocky Top? Yeah, I mean, look at the offensive line. You know, Caleb Warren was injured at left guard, and then the transfer road stepped in and played magnificent. I think, you know, I had someone inside the Manning Center tell me that he graded out as well as any offensive lineman has this year. That was his first game in. So I expect him to step in and play uh, in, in the Tennessee game. You know, Jason, I'll probably get hit hard for this when people hear this. I just don't think Ole Miss has really missed Jonathan Mingo a lot. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, mm. I, I just think that with Ontario Drummond playing as well as he is, I mean, he's unguardable. Braylon Sanders, knock on wood, has not been injured. He's doing well. John Rice Plumley's doing well in the slot. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think they could use him, but I think everybody has stepped up so well. Uh, we saw Jaden Jackson. I think I said his name right. Um, he stepped in, the, the wide receiver from Tupelo. Uh, I think at some point you'll see uh, Jacour Pearson. I mean, gosh, we saw him uh, run a sweep all the way down to the two-yard line. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the two main injuries. The problem is in the back half of the secondary, they're missing Jake Springer. Mm-hmm. Jason, they, they miss Jake Springer in the back half of that secondary. You know, Kedron Smith, the, the walk-on, has had a lot of, of action over the last couple of years. Done pretty well at strong state. He stepped in and played nicely. Uh, but at the end of the day, where's Quentin Bivens? Where's Tariqis Tisdale? Where are the names that we saw early in the year against Louisville? I mean, they're nowhere to be found. I mean, Momo Sonogo, I don't know that I heard his name called once Saturday. Uh, Lakia Henry, uh, it's pretty much been Chance Campbell. It's been Otis Reese Jr. And, uh, you know, they've got to have some more names on defense really step up. But from an injury standpoint, no, I think they're okay. I, I think they've had people step up. And uh, we'll see uh, what happens down the road. Well, to your point about Dontario Drummond, he's tied for 21st in the country in receiving touchdowns. So your, your point about 
possibly not missing Mingo because you've got guys like Drummond, like Sanders, like Pearson, so many others that have stepped up. Rogers, the tight end, has gotten in the mix a little bit. So I think your point is well taken. But can you imagine if they had Mingo healthy and ready yeah. to go to add to that mix going up to Rocky Top? So let's speak about the game at Tennessee. Uh, Ole Miss jumps up to number 13 after knocking off previously number 13 ranked Arkansas. Tennessee's coming off back-to-back wins, Missouri, South Carolina. You know, I've heard it kicked around this week, you know, how much can you gauge uh, with those two wins against Missouri and South Carolina for Tennessee? Not to take anything away from what Josh Heupel is doing, but Ole Miss kind of had similar reactions to, well, you know, going into the Alabama game, how much can you really draw? They've played Louisville, Austin P, Tulane. Uh, do, do you feel kind of get the same sense about Tennessee, or is it, no, they're, they're legit, and we're going to have our hands full come Saturday night? Well, it's a two-pronged answer for me. Number one, I think it's very fair to say that Tennessee really hadn't played inside. I mean, just look at the, the records of the teams that they've beaten. On the flip side, they have beat those teams, and I think it's how they beat those teams. At one point against South Carolina, which we thought they were going to be improved, it was, what, 35, 38 to nothing. Now, they let off the gas, and Carolina scored some late. Okay, whatever. They took Missouri to the woodshed, and Missouri was a team that we thought coming in, the defense would have a pulse. They haven't. You know, early in the year against Pitt, when Tennessee lost to Pitt and lost in pretty convincing fashion to Florida, Joe Milton was the quarterback. Now Hudson has come in, uh, and I'm telling you, he's looked really good. He's running the offense effectively, and uh, they've done some things offensively under Heifel that has kind of ignited that fan base and kind of got some some enthusiasm. But, you know, I had a chance uh, to talk to Coach Yo on the sideline before the, the kickoff of Ole Miss in Arkansas. And I asked her how her season's, you know, shaping up and how everything's going. She says, Brad, it's going well. I could tell you all about our schemes and that sort of thing. This is Jimmy and Joe's league. Mm. If I've got players, you know what, I'm probably going to have a good chance to succeed. That's my job to put them in, in position to succeed. I've got to put them in position to rebound and to run the offensive sets and that sort of thing. But if my girl is four inches taller, weighs a little bit more, got a lot more muscle on her, and can shoot the lights out and can jump out of the gym, I like my chances. So at the end of the day, I think if you break down offensively, Jason, Tennessee versus Ole Miss, where does Tennessee have the edge on offense? And I'm asking you that question. I mean, I don't see it. I don't know if you've had a chance. To, I know. I don't know if you had a chance to see Tennessee. I've seen them a couple of games. Look, we could break down the offensive line. We could break down the quarterback, running back to wide receivers. If it's a Jimmy's and Joe's game, we're looking at another Arkansas game because I think Tennessee's defense is probably better than Ole Miss's. I don't know how much better they are, but just to be fair, if they've got a pulse, they're probably a little bit better than Ole Miss's. <laughs> so offensively, I think. Tennessee's not going to be as good as Arkansas. I'm, you know, going back to KJ Jefferson, I think people are selling this dude short. Nobody mm, really talked agreed. about him a whole lot. He had a great day. He really did. Ole Miss. And I think he may have a huge coming out party against Auburn on Saturday. I think they may be Auburn by, by 10 points or more on the Plains. You're reading my questions. I was going to ask you about uh, other games yeah. you were kind of looking forward to. Uh, well, well let, let's you just kind of called it. Cap on this. Let's just put a let's put a cap on this Ole Miss Tennessee game. If you tell me that it's thirty eight, thirty five, either way, Jason, I wouldn't I wouldn't snap my fingers either way. You have to wonder if Matt Corral has a game or two to where he doesn't play well. You know, I think it's crazy not to believe that, that the crowd noise is going to play a factor. But you know what? You know, I, I don't know that it played a huge factor in Alabama. 
you know, that Alabama crowd is as loud as anywhere in the country. You know, they've got how many ever thousand strong screaming, you know, roll tide, and you're going to get the same thing in Tennessee and Rocky Top. You know, I'm anxious to see it. I'm excited to see it from an offensive standpoint. You know, Chris Partridge and DJ Durkin, you have to wonder what you can do. I mean, you go to Iowa during the offseason, you implement the three, two, or whatever they call that thing. Whatever it is, it's not working. I mean, so at what point do you tweak it? Do you start blitzing more? I'll say this, and we'll end with this. With the Ole Miss-Arkansas game, the defense played, I don't know how many plays, maybe 10 of them were successful. Fortunately for Ole Miss, one of the 10 was a two-point conversion. It was defended perfectly, and Ole Miss wins the game. Now, at the end of the day, you look, it's 52-51 in the record book. You look, it's a win or a loss. It's so much easier to improve during practice when you win versus when you lose. At the end of the day, this is a crossroads once again for Ole Miss. I've said it, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. It was all about Arkansas, and it was all about Tennessee for Ole Miss. I never thought they would go to Auburn and win. I felt they had a great chance against LSU, Liberty, and Texas A&M at home. I felt they had a great chance against Mississippi State. I said the two games on the schedule that were going to be difficult were Arkansas and Tennessee. If Ole Miss goes 2-0, 10 wins are, are in play. Give out your Twitter handle. I'm not letting you go yet. I just want you to go ahead and you know plug yourself yeah. here a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, Brad Logan, C-O-T-E is where uh, – we're kind of the hub for everything is a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, of course, my uh, Logan Media Network, we have the Brad Logan Show. and uh, But everything in the LoganMediaNetwork.com. But it's the uh, – at Brad Logan COT is kind of the, the Twitter hub there. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, I encourage you to go and listen to the podcast that Brad had with uh, Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter. A lot of good information there on what's coming to Ole Miss. There's a big financial push. They're going to basically build the west side of the stadium from the slab up, tear it down, build it back up. Go get some good information if you're an Ole Miss Rebel fan and uh, check out that podcast that Brad had to sit down with Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter. Of course, Brad always doing a great job. So let's talk about that game and start. Well, I'll see you Saturday night that'll be a fun atmosphere as Alabama comes into town now ranked number five we're used to seeing that number one in front of the name Alabama but they'll be five coming in Saturday night and they'll be mad they'll be angry what do you make of this game if you there's a sliver of hope for Mississippi State fans Brad if you talk to enough of them they believe <laughs> they believe they have a chance is it false hope no it's not I think it's legit I think that the Russian was cut at Texas A&M. And I think Mike Le- Mike Leach is smart. I think he can find a chink in the armor. And Jason, I'm not saying that I expect Alabama to lose in Starkville, but I expect it could be very uncomfortable. Mm. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a zoo. I think it's going to be crazy in Starkville. I think there is some hope. And Mike Leach, for whatever reason, you date back to Washington State, you date back to when he was at Kentucky, Texas Tech. He always comes away doing things to where you kind of scratch your head. Number one, you lose to Memphis. But number two, you play lights out and you beat Texas A&M. And we've seen what Texas A&M can do. We saw it last week. Do I think State wins the game? No. But I think it's a matchup very interesting for that Mississippi State defense simply because the Alabama offensive front has major, major issues. We saw them Saturday night what Texas A&M was able to do defensively. I think Zach Arnett, who, by the way, I think Zach Arnett is one of the brightest defensive coordinators in the college game today. I had NFL executives say, uh, I heard different you know podcasts throughout the summer saying that he was one of 
the, if not the brightest defensive coordinator in the country. So I think he's going to be have a fantastic game plan. I think it's very uncomfortable for the first couple of quarters for Alabama. Now, what Mississippi State's going to have to do offensively is they're going to have to get some big plays. They're going to have to loosen up that Alabama defense. I love the running game, and I really wish Mike would just turn around and hand it to Woody Barnes and hand it to Dylan Johnson and just see what they can do. But my gosh, he won't do it. He, he, he gets them out of the backfield. He throws those bubble screens. Just turn around and hand them the ball and let Will Rogers cook. I mean, let, let the defense open up just a little bit because I said in the, the offseason, Jason, that I think Mississippi State, and I think I'm being proven to be right, by the way, I think Mississippi State has one of the best wide receiving cores in the SEC. I got laughed at this summer when I said that. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of proven to be true. With Makai Pope, Malik Heath, the way those guys are really coming around, I think this is a really good core of receivers. And I think if Jaden Wally will kind of come along, he's kind of slugging around, you know, the first couple of games. If he'll make a couple of big plays and open up that defense, it could get dicey in Starkville, especially up until halftime. I think Alabama may do some things with Brian Robinson Jr. in the second half, maybe third and fourth quarter to maybe open it up. But I expect Mississippi State to play their tails off. And I think Zach Arnett's got a defensive plan that's going to really disrupt uh, Bryce Young. We saw what happened to Bryce Young when they put pressure on him, Jason, and he folded like a cheap chair. <laughs> Is he going to do that this week? I don't know. He looked bad. He, he did. Good, Jason. And, 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 and I, you know, I created Jimbo Fisher for, for a great game plan, but I'm not ready. I'm not one of these that's ready to throw the towel in and, and say all this stuff about Alabama. I'm not saying that at all. I just think there's a chink in the armor, and I think that Zach Arnett is incredibly smart. He'll find that chink, and I think offensively Mississippi State can get some things going. I think it's dicey and it's uncomfortable for the first half, but I think Alabama goes away with it in the second half, maybe by 7 to 10 points. This line opened up at 21. It's down to 16 and a half. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited, though. I think it'll be a good crowd. I think it'll be loud. And uh, I think Mississippi State's got an opportunity to make it uncomfortable. I'm going to piggyback off, off of what you just said because there's a couple of things that I was thinking about going into this game. He's Brad Logan, by the way, joining us here on Just Saying. All right, so to your point about folks laughing at you, I'm used to folks laughing and saying he's crazy, he's lost his mind. Makai Polk is third in the country in receptions per game. Will Rogers is number five nationally in passing yards per game. So there you go. Makai Polk, one of the members of that receiving core from Mississippi State, obviously third in the country in receptions. Here's the other thing. Alabama's having to go on the road for the second consecutive week. And look, Starkville doesn't have 110,000 people in, in their stadium, but it sounds like it, it with the Cowboys. Oh. It's very underrated, man. Very it's underrated. so loud, and it is so hard to play in Starkville. Look, you know, Leah Beasley, that marketing department, does a heck of a job from a from a fan engagement standpoint. Um, I always give her credit because it is one of the best game day environments in the college football game today. And I get crushed by Ole Miss people by saying that. But, but man, Jason, it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know you've been to games down there, and it's insane. It's it is. loud. They do a great job, and when, and when Mississippi State's playing well, it's hard to win down there. And I just think the second week in a row, look, Alabama may come out and just absolutely boat race Mississippi State. I just don't think they're going to. I think Mississippi State's going to have a great game plan on both sides of the ball. 
I think it's going to be rocking down there, and I think it's uh, it's going to be uncomfortable without question. To put a cap on it, I heard Nick Saban say something at his press conference Monday that, that I thought was really interesting. He said it actually takes a defensive lineman, one of their defensive linemen, more, it exerts more effort on a pass rush. And the question he got was, how difficult will it be on your defensive line because Mississippi State gets rid of the football so quick? It's out of Will Rogers' hands before you can even really get to him. It's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, the ball is gone. So Saban replied to that question, said it actually exerts more energy on a pass rush than it does on rush defense. Yeah. Because you're, you're trying to get there and you're, you're hustling, and by the time you get there, the ball is gone. And I think that that has a chance to wear the Alabama defense down. I could be completely wrong. Like you said, it, it could be 35 nothing at the end of the first quarter. I just don't think that it will be. I think that the short passes by Will Rogers, I think that has a chance to wear down this Alabama defense that, honestly, their confidence is a bit shaken after last week, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, State can't turn it over. No. That's, that's the kicker. I mean, when you play a team like Alabama – that they're going to shore up some of their their wrongs from last week. And, and I expect Alabama to play well. But Mississippi State cannot be a giver on Saturday. They cannot turn it over. They cannot make terrible, you know, bad decisions. They can't drop balls. They've got to play a very crisp football game for, for, for what to happen as to what I said can happen. Uh, you know, Alabama, they don't turn the ball over. Uh, and, and I don't expect, you know, Alabama to come in and Bryce Young to turn it over. I expect them to turn around and force Mississippi State to loosen up defensively because I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Brian Robinson Jr. Name to be watching for, I think, is uh, Aaron Brule, the linebacker, along with Nathan Pickering Jr. If those two players come and play and they put their hard hats on, uh, that's going to be a big deal for Mississippi State. They're two big players, and uh, you know if you hear their name called early, It'll be a long day for the Crimson Tide, you know, running the football because they're two really good players. I think the word is uncomfortable. Is it uncomfortable at halftime? Is it 17 to 7? Is it 17 to 10? Is, is Mississippi State within striking distance? And the closer we can get to the end of the game and within striking distance, the more dangerous it becomes for Alabama. He's Brad Logan with the Logan Media Network and the Brad Logan Podcast, Brad Logan Show. Of course, the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. I encourage you to check that out. Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter breaking down plans for Vaught Hemingway coming up in the future. I encourage you to check that out. All right, before I let you get out of here, any game across the SEC or, or the country, outside the games, obviously, I'll, I'll see you in Starkville Saturday night, and then you've got Ole Miss at Tennessee, but any games – outside of those games that you're really going to be paying attention to, checking your phone Saturday night uh, to see what the score is, uh, any game that catches your attention? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I just kind of fell in love with Arkansas Saturday, the, the way they play, the way, how hard they play for Sam Pittman. Um, just just him in general, I, he he's so much fun to watch. He's so calm. He, he's so easy to like. So I've become a quasi-Arkansas fan after watching them last week against Ole Miss. So I'll definitely be in tune to the Arkansas-Auburn game, and I expect Arkansas to absolutely roll on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Georgia and Kentucky is going to be close. It's now went from 21 to uh, – I'm sorry, it opened at 24. It's down to 21. Uh, obviously, Georgia favorite. So I expect Georgia to do well there. I've been the guy that said Kentucky always opens the year six and zero and finishes six and six. I mean, they just <laughs> somehow always fall apart at the end of the year. We'll see what happens this year. Uh, they seem to be you know a much better team. 
I think from an interesting standpoint, I think Ed Ogeron, I think Kentucky killed Ed Ogeron last week. I think it's just a matter of time before Ed is uh, is fired at LSU. Uh, the question is, is how you know what happens? What happens in, in, in Baton Rouge from a, from an interest standpoint? Let's just say LSU catches lightning in a bottle and finds some way and beats Florida. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. people start turning towards Dan Mullen. Dude, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> you haven't looked great this year, and now you're going down to LSU and getting browbeat by a team that has lost all of its players and their coaches fired. Okay, now you're seat time. So I'm interested in the Florida LSU game simply from from a just off the field, you know, situation. Off the field, see how they're doing there. But simply from a from a just from a playing standpoint, uh, I think Ole Miss and uh, in Tennessee. It's definitely the game that I'm going to be watching to, to see what's going on there because just from an athletic standpoint, um, I expect a good one, a good one in Knoxville. But yeah, Florida LSU is kind of, kind of, kind of odd, kind of weird. So, so to see what happens down in Baton Rouge, to see if Ed can get his guys up, you know, this feels like a game. You know, it opened up with the, with the Florida uh, with a two point line. It's up to like 14. I mean, it's just I've never seen a line go that crazy. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, Vegas is really – there's really a ton of money that's come in on Florida. So, everybody's really thinking Florida's going to roll. So, uh, yeah, man, I just man, I just love it. I absolutely love college football. I love everything about it. I love the pageantry, the bands, the stadiums. I love the fans. I love the game itself. And, and I love talking about it. It's all I do. And um, Saturday should be fun. Saturday should be fun. Florida LSU, by the way, real quick, two years ago we went to that game and it was – Obviously, when LSU went on to win the national championship, and Florida was a stiff test that year, and that was a phenomenal game. The score won't really indicate it because LSU pulled away, but we were at that game. And just to look at where the teams are two years later, it's uh, that's college football for you. I mean, you just never know. You better appreciate what you've got if you've got a team winning. That's what I tell folks all the time because yeah. it can change in two years. Just look at Florida LSU. Two years ago, these were two teams that were looking to be – LSU did win the national championship. Florida was trying to get there. They were in the picture. Now look where both teams are two years later. It doesn't take long. Hey, Brad, give out where folks can, can check out your content, where they can follow you on social media, where they can find you. I'll see you Saturday night in Starville. But for folks that want to find you, check out your podcast and your content. How can they do that? Yeah, the best thing is on the website. Our website is loganmedianetwork.com. And then just uh, be sure and follow us on Twitter. That's at BradLoganCOTE or uh, at Believe in Ole Miss. Uh, that's on the Twitter account. Of course, we tweet everything out from our Twitter account. And then Brad Logan Media on Facebook. So, yeah, that's what we've got everything. And uh, had a great podcast talking about Mississippi State and Alabama earlier in the week. And then we just wrapped up a cool podcast with Keith Carter. And, um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun this week. And it's going to be a wild one on Saturday. So, I know a lot of people will be tuned in to Alabama State and uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee on Saturday night. We'll see you Saturday, Brad. Appreciate the time as always, my friend. Anytime. He's Brad Logan with the Logan Media Network. Appreciate his time as always as we take a break and roll on here. Just say it on the Spirit Media Network. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store. Landowner Jerma Hendra Dealer is ready to give you special savings on the toughest tractors and utility vehicles on earth. During the Mahindra Red Tag Sale, hurry in for up to $7,900 in cashback savings and red tag savings only from Mahindra. Head on over to the tractor store for great savings. Learn more about the world's number one selling tractor at the tractor store in Richland. 
Our favorite venues watching our favorite teams while tailgating with the best fans in the South. We're all back to full capacity this fall. That's why now is the time to book your stay for your favorite college football weekend at Mississippi's premier full-service bed and breakfast. Kay Tyler and the staff at Cart Barn Inn will meet every expectation of you, your family, and your friends. Call and book your reservation today at 662-983-7829 or log on to cartbarninn.com. Cart Barn Inn, cozy luxury in a brown paper. Paper bag. All right, we roll on here on Just Saying with yours truly, Jason Scarborough. Glad that you're with us. First podcast of the season. It's crazy to think that, but we've been kind of busy if you've paid attention. And we appreciate your support as always, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the TuneIn radio app. We're everywhere. And I'll tell you who else is everywhere. He, he wears the hat of marketing director, director of marketing, however you want to say it. But he wears a lot of different hats at King's Daughters Medical Center, and uh, he's also a great friend of, of the Spirit Media Network. He's David Culpepper. He joins us on the KDMC guest line. Now, David, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. How are things today? Oh, we're good, Jason. How are you? Man, it's another day in paradise. We're getting ready for another episode of Audibles, of course, that... Uh, KDMC is such a big part of Robert St. John coming up on Sunday night and, and you and I are both fans of his story and, and what he means to the state of Mississippi just an interesting guy and I'm, I'm, I'm very eager for folks to hear his story in his own words and, and audibles is off to a great start being on television and you guys are such a big part of that and, and it's gotten some great feedback and, and we appreciate King's Daughters Medical Center so much for, for their support of the program. Well, Jason, you guys do a great job of uh, putting that piece together with audibles and done very professionally. And you know, just off hand, just kind of jump on board and, and, and help meet that and, and do things the right way. And you know, it's a great partnership for us, and, and hopefully, it's working out for Spirit Media as well. The pandemic—that's been a big topic, obviously. And how King's Daughters Medical Center has navigated through this process, really, in the last couple of years, has been impressive to me. It's been everything from vaccination to monoclonal antibody treatment to there's all sorts of therapies and treatments, and you guys are at the forefront of it all. From your perspective, if there's one way that you would size up or frame up what it's been like for you to have a front row seat to just navigating through this pandemic, how would you frame it up? Wow. Uh, Treacherous. Uh, <laughs> kind of uh, every day is a new day. You know, we kind of figured out early on, uh, we did, there, there, there was a lot more than we did not know than what we knew. Uh, and we've done, I think we've done a, a, an outstanding job of navigating through all this, uh, through all the things that you see on media. Uh, probably the, the biggest thing is any hospital or healthcare organization has dealt with during this time period, Jason, is uh, misinformation and false information. You know, people would get there instead of going to the source or going to the CDC or something like that. They would get the random people on Facebook that had not practiced medicine ever in a clinic or whatever the situation may be, and they're listening to what they're telling them. Well, there's not enough data or diagnostic research behind what they were saying to, to formulate an opinion the way they were, but yet a lot of people were still trying to, to pull that hand as this is the this is the real truth when the real truth is, you know, you got a choice to make. And, and you either make that choice and, and you know, get the vaccine or 
or you might be sure if you don't. Now, there's argument for and there's arguments against it, but, you know, the bottom line is you have a choice to make as an individual and as and a family, and that's kind of the way we left it. But, you know, the biggest thing, it, it was navigating all that false information and negative information about what was going on and people, you know, the fact people made in the hospital for making money off COVID. And I'll tell you what, hospitals lost their backside of their shirt on COVID. And, it, you know, there was no money to be made there at all. And, you know, you can say what you want to about it, but when you look at you look COVID in the eye and you, you look at a guy that's on, been on ventilator for 30-plus days and he's the age of, that we are, you know, all of a sudden it becomes very real. And, and it becomes very, I, I guess, close to, to the heart of knowing, hey, I know that person's laying there on the vent and, and they're fighting for their life. And, you know, it really becomes very personal at that point as far as the vaccines. We, as soon as the vaccines made available, you know, back uh, back last February, January and February, we were doing the uh, Saturdays we were doing vaccines here in the hospital. We were pushing anywhere from two, two to 300 vaccines per day out on a Saturday of just strictly administration volunteering and other political folks volunteering and, and other people here at the hospital. It was all hands on deck to make sure we could get people vaccinated that wanted it. And then the other thing that you mentioned was the monoclonal antibody. In the month of August, we administered 587 doses. Wow. That's 587 individuals that came in and got the monoclonal antibody treatment. And we'd like to thank those 587 people that probably the majority of those uh, we kept out of the hospital or kept, kept that was able to keep them out of a dire situation with respiratory issues that are related to COVID. And those type of things, but when you think 587 uh, that were administered strictly in the month of August, that's a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of monoclonal uh, antibodies. A lot of opportunities for somebody to really get sick and, and get back into the uh, get pushed into the hospital because of it. Of course, in the month of September, that slowed down to uh, about 150 doses. But you know, August is when we got hit really hard with that Delta variant, and it was right there on us. And I tell you what, it's it, it really, the monoclonal antibody treatment has really helped us at the hospital and most hospitals to keep people out of the hospital. It's, it's interesting that you talk about the monoclonal antibody treatment. I remember being in your office middle of uh, August, and we had just found out my 89-year-old grandmother had contracted COVID uh, in the nursing home that she was in. And, and we were, of course... As you might expect, I mean, we were worried about her with her age and, and this variant that's out there now. And I remember you said, hey, if she's we, we had heard that she was scheduled to get the monoclonal antibody treatment where she is. And you said, hey, if she gets that, hey, she, she's got a good chance. And, and within 24 hours, she sounded like a completely different person. She hasn't had any effects from it and that's been nearly two months ago or two months ago at this point so it's amazing to hear how many that you guys administered just in the month of august and and i want to go back to something you said a moment ago about the information and misinformation that's out there the thing that i appreciate about king's daughters medical center and and you're the one that pieces a lot of this together if not all of it you know every day we would see information on how many patients you guys had seen in the hospital, either with COVID, uh, how many vaccines, how many monoclonal antibody treatments. Every day there would be an infograph that would 
talk about what you guys are doing at KDMC. I just don't know many places that are doing that, but every single day there was information out there from King's Daughters Medical Center and what you guys were doing to combat the pandemic. How important do you think that is for someone in, in your seat or someone in the in the executive seats at KDMC to, to say, hey, we've, we've got to get this information out there because there is so much misinformation out there on Twitter and Facebook and just online, period. Yeah, and, you know, Jason, you know, here's the thing. It, 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 I, I kind of mean this tongue-in-cheek, but, but you and I have had several conversations about this. A lot of the media want to sensationalize it. They, they want to sensationalize it mm-hmm. that it's really, really bad over here. Then the other side wants to say, well, no, it's really not that bad. It's it, it's this way. And we want to be able to put something out to our community uh, that we serve and, and basically say, guys, here's the numbers that we're dealing with. You know, our normal average daily census before the pandemic was 20. Today we've got, uh, you know, for example, if you go back today, you know, Friday, October 1st, we had 49 patients that were currently in the hospital. And eight of those patients were COVID positive. Seven of those that were hospitalized were COVID one vaccinated. Seven, those seven were currently in ICU, and four of those patients that were in ICU were COVID positive. So we kind of broke it down so that you'd understand, you know, the severity of what we were dealing with on the front lines at the hospital. With knowing we've got an eight bed ICU, and today we've got seven people in there, so I've got an extra bed. But there were days, Jason, and I'm on. You know, be honest, I'll, I'll flip back here through September's numbers. Uh, you know, there were days where we would have 10 patients currently in ICU, or we would have 11 or 12 patients in ICU, or 13 patients. But what that meant was we were housing uh, those extra folks who were in the ER awaiting a room upstairs or, or a bed to go to upstairs in ICU. And so we were still having to do the same level of uh, ICU care in emergency rooms. They're trained to do that. But the problem is if you have a, a massive accident, car wreck, bus accident with kids on it, or if you just have uh, just an accident in, or somebody comes in with chest pain or they've got a head injury, two of those trauma rooms are, are taken up because you've got those patients with COVID in there. So now you have to make shift these, these guys over to another side of the house to make sure that you get them taken care of as quickly as possible so that you remove them from that danger zone and, and get them evaluated and get them get treatment allocated that needs to be there for them. The piece of it was make sure we give an accurate picture of what's going on. We don't want to sensationalize it, but we don't want to sugarcoat it either. We want to just be, guys, this is what we're dealing with here, and I can't tell you how many comments we've got and, and the number of people that those posts have reached over uh, the past several months that we've been doing that, and it, 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 it really was helpful for us. I think it was helpful for the community. And also, through the comments and the engagement, it let us know that, hey, the, the community was really out there backing us and standing alongside us during this fight. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times people have stopped me in, on, on the street and stopped me at lunch and said, hey, I'd like to do something for the hospital. I'd like to do something for the folks that uh, are in EVS, which is Environmental Services, custodians. I'd like to do something for the folks out there or, or the folks behind the scenes that nobody's seeing what's going on. You know, all the, the nurses and all those guys got all of the attention. And rightfully so. They, they got a, a lot of the attention. But yes, months on heroes behind the scenes in your environmental services and dietary department that were feeding those things. They were feeding patients and, and staff. Environmental services, when the person checks out a room, they have to go in there and clean that room. They have to go in there throughout that stay in the hospital and, and clean that room, whether it's a COVID positive patient or not. So 
those folks were exposed to this as much as anyone else was. And so, you know, it, it, I think it's really done our community a lot of good to open some eyes and to, you know, give a true depiction of what's going on. He's David Culpepper, Marketing Director at King's Daughters Medical Center, joining us on the KDMC guest line. All right, I'll ask you a broad question, and I know it's it's going to be – it's going to be hard to predict this, but based on the data that you see every day and based on what you see every day there at KDMC, where do you think we are in this pandemic? Are, are we on the downward slope? It, it feels like we are, but certainly you don't want to you don't want to get too comfortable. But but it does feel like we might be on a downward slope here. What what do you make of that? Uh, you know, Jason. Honestly, you know, Doctor Dobbs keeps telling us, you know, we're probably got another surge coming. Uh, you know, the Delta variant. I honestly feel like we're on the downside of the curve with the Delta variant. Now, is there another variant going to pop up? I don't know. I don't know if anybody actually knows. I do know is this. I think the number of vaccines that have been given, I think the number of monoclonal antibodies that have been given statewide, I think all with the cooperative effort statewide with healthcare facilities and healthcare organizations, I think we've done a pretty good job of getting that information out, getting some folks vaccinated, getting the monoclonal antibodies administered. And I think all that coupled with it, maybe we're starting to build a little herd immunity, if you will. You know, we've all heard that term thrown around loosely, but, you know, part of that herd immunity process is vaccinations and, and, and the antibodies to it, of building the antibodies within your system to fight that virus, fight the virus off and fight the variant off. And you know, honestly, uh, you know, I hope we are. I hope that we continue to be vigilant and do the things we're supposed to do. Continue to wash your hands, social distance, you know, keep that circle that you hang out with somewhat small as possible. And, you know, just, just use common sense. All right, so I got to switch gears now to, to football. You, you, of course, host the Blitz there on Super Talk Mississippi and Brookhaven every Wednesday night, and uh, I've been fortunate to be a guest on that show several times. And, you know, a lot of good football played last weekend and, and a lot of good football coming up this weekend. What what stands out to you? Uh, last week? You know, obviously most people would say the Alabama A&M game, but for me, I would say Kentucky's dominance over LSU. Mm-hmm. Manhandling LSU. That really fell beneath the radar a little bit, I think, with a and M upset of Alabama. But, you know, you and I talked all season long, and Bama defensively has been as strong as they've been in years. I think the perfect storm hit in College Station last Saturday night for A&M to pull that off. Everything that could go wrong, if you go back and you watch that game a little bit, every big explosive play that A&M had came off of a blown assignment on the back end of the defense for Alabama. And that being said, you know, the Calzada kid, the quarterback for A&M, took advantage of the opportunity. I mean, you know, he was lights out. He was right there on them. You know, wasn't a lot of yardage, but they took advantage of situations and they won the special teams time. This weekend – what stands out to you? you? Got Ole Miss going to Tennessee. These two teams haven't met since 2014. When Bo Wallace, the Tennessee native, by the way, just completely yep. roasted Tennessee 34 to three. I'm pretty sure you were at that game. And you've got Mississippi State taking on Alabama. And and there's, if you talk to enough Mississippi State fans, there's a sliver of hope. They feel like there's a chink in the armor. And you know, what do you make of these two games coming up Saturday night? With uh, the two Mississippi schools from the SEC. Let's go to the one that's in the home state first, Mississippi State and Alabama. 
you know, I've seen several videos and press conferences and read some press conference clippings and notes from Saban. And the one thing that he has said since Saturday night, shortly after the game was over, we have to remember how this feels. Mm. I can promise you that guy has browbeat that into that team this week. Uh, this week of practice, Tuscaloosa has probably been as physical as any they've ever had. It's probably been as demanding as any as they've ever had. If there's a sliver of hope there, it, it, it's a sliver. I, I don't see Alabama doing anything but winning this game by about 40 points going away. Wow, 40. Yeah, it's, it's look, Saban knows he's still in the hunt, but he's got to make up He's got to make up some points. He, he's sitting in the number five slot in the pros, and he knows if he's going to get inside that number four uh, line, get the top four. He's going to have to put some points up. He's going to have to do some redemption over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, if you look at their schedule, they've got Mississippi State this week. The next week they host Battle, they host LSU, host New Mexico State, host Arkansas, and add Auburn for the Iron Bowl. I don't see anybody getting in the way. The only way they're going to get back in that top four is just continue to pummel people, and I think you're going to see that happen. I hate that for Mississippi State. I really think Mississippi State is, is projecting upward. They just happen to be getting the team that's really kicked off and pissed off right now in Alabama. That's just going to load up and get after And I'm not sure. They will make Mississippi State one-dimensional on the, off, on the offense side of ball, I, I believe. And that, that could be disastrous for Mississippi State. Uh, moving on to Ole miss Knoxville, I really look for another Ole Miss-Arkansas-type game. High scoring. Both defenses are going to be stretched to the max. You know, I went back and looked at the number of plays that Ole Miss ran last week against Arkansas and the number of plays Arkansas ran against Ole Miss. About every three plays, maybe three and a half plays, the defense for either team was right back out on the field. So they never really got a chance to get their breath or to, you know, to, to get where they could get, you know, get to the point where they could kind of stabilize the defense. I mean, they were running out there just dead tired. And you can't tell me that Arkansas does not have a good, a good defensive team. I mean, they've gone out. Against Arkansas, they've gone out against Texas and, and just basically shut them down. The A&M, they got after them. And Georgia's really the only game that they really have not gotten after anybody. And, you know, they got their hands full. Arkansas got their hands full this week against uh, Auburn. But I'm going to tell you what, that, that was two defenses that were stressed for the max because the offenses, I think the same thing's going to happen in, in Knoxville Saturday night. He's David Culpepper, Marketing Director at King's Daughters Medical Center. Everything from sports medicine and orthopedic care, physical therapy. They've got a full-staffed hospital there. They're fighting in this pandemic against COVID. You name it, they're doing it right there in BrookhavenKDMC.org. Did I miss anything, David? I mean, you guys do a little bit of everything there at King's Daughters Medical Center. We could spend pretty much an entire two hours detailing everything that you guys are doing there but the most important thing is you guys are setting the standard in the fight against this pandemic and i know the state of mississippi is appreciative of that yeah and that's you know we were recognized by state department of health as a covid center of excellence for fighting covid uh, with what we've done with the monoclonal and with the vaccines and, and just the treatment of patients and yeah the, the biggest thing jason i'd like i guess everybody to understand doesn't matter where you're at if you're in southwest mississippi if you're in jackson metro area or wherever you're at do not forget about your basic health care needs. Mm. Get your annual visits. If you're battling chronic illnesses or, or chronic health issues such as high blood pressure, diabetes, or anything such as COPD, continue to go see your family physician or your, or your scheduled physician to get those things taken care of. Because, you know, early on when things kind of leveled out, we had a lot of sick people in hospital and in this state 
they were in the hospital because they had, had not had their health taken care of for three or four months, and then it got to a point where they had to be hospitalized. So that's very important to, to remember is some of the safest places that you're going to go is going to be at your doctor's office. And I know it sounds crazy, but your hospital, because you got people working around the clock sanitizing and trying to do the things they're doing and taking the proper protocols. Well, I want to say once again how thankful we are here at the Spirit Media Network to have the support of King's Daughters Medical Center and, and pretty much all that we do, covering college football, covering college athletics, uh, audibles, now on WJTV and WHLT, and of course our digital platforms. Uh, we're so thankful for King's Daughters Medical Center, not only in the fight against the pandemic, but the support that you guys uh, provide here for all of us here at the Spirit Media Network. And uh, we're just so grateful and appreciate your time today on Just Saying, and, and I'm sure I'll be talking football with you at some point this weekend. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And where will you be this weekend, Jason? I'm going to be in Starville. I'm going to be there uh, with with, with Big Mac, uh, Chris McDonald, uh, of course, who's been with us for a long time here at at the Spirit Media Network. So we're gonna we're gonna head up and. Uh, Hopefully bump into some of our friends up there. Coach Cohen, of course, a, a friend of uh, the Spirit Media Network, Coach Polk, and uh, be good to see those guys and hopefully see a good game. We'll see. Well, look, it sounds like I'm not – I don't have faith. It's not that I don't have faith. When I say Bama by 40, I just think you've got a very motivated team that's had probably uh, – and I mean this in the most loving way – probably a five-foot, eight, five-foot, seven-and-a-half, five-foot, eight guy ranting and raving for the last seven days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't – it just does not – it's kind of like the SEC clip that was put out of, wow, I hate to see who plays in – oh, wait, it's us? Yeah. yeah that's one of those things that Scott Blake and Pride and him beat them. Hey, thanks for doing that for us. Appreciate you uh, getting them stirred up. Coming to uh, you I, yeah, I, yeah, I, State, State, Mississippi State is a team that, that's moving in the right – right direction. I really think there's a lot of SEC fans maybe not happy with maybe the way some things are going away, the offense looks. And Jason, you've heard me say this since Mike Leach got there. You gotta give the guy time to get his eight in there. You gotta get him time. I'm so and glad you said successful. that. He will be he will be he will be successful if they'll just give him time. David as always, we appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Good luck to you. He's David Culpepper with King's Daughters Medical Center. We appreciate him on the KDMC guest line. We take a break and roll on here, just saying, on the Spirit Media Network. Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT Traffic app. The MDOT Traffic app is free for both Apple and Android devices. And remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. During times of uncertainty, it's comforting to know we have a healthcare system in our community that's been committed to supporting us for well over a century. In this current time, we are standing together, and our bond is stronger than ever. KDMC, caring for our community like no one else can.
show. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Appreciate all of our guests joining us here on the KDMC Guest Line as we are driven by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. Reminding you, download the MDOT Traffic app before you head out this weekend to your favorite game day destination or wherever you're heading to. Maybe you're getting some early, early, early Christmas shopping in. Maybe you're just getting out of town for the weekend. Download the MDOT Traffic app on pretty much any of the platforms, iTunes, Google Play. It'll tell you about road closures and everything else that you need to be able to travel effectively. So check it out. And of course, you can follow MDOT on Twitter or Facebook at MDOT. All right. I want to thank my guest. A lot of fun today, Max Howell, Coach Max Howell. We just call him Coach. Appreciate him joining us and uh, breaking down some SEC football. Brad Logan, he uh, will be in Starkville Saturday night, as will yours truly. Uh, breaking down Alabama, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and the rest of the SEC. Check out his podcast, The Believe in Ole Miss podcast with Keith Carter. A lot of great information he had posted that link earlier uh, this week. A lot of good info there about some plans for Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Ole Miss. And King's Daughters Medical Center Marketing Director David Culpepper, a friend of the program and a friend of the Spirit Media Network, talking to us about the pandemic and how King's Daughters is leading the charge in fighting this pandemic and uh, offering different therapies and whatnot for people who have contracted COVID and who want to keep from getting COVID. So appreciate David joining us as always. Before we get out of here, you know we're going to give you the scripture of the day. And the scripture of the day comes to us out of Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed that's in luke 4 18 word of the day hope you enjoyed that and hope you enjoy your weekend thanks for downloading the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel download our audibles roku channel for free just search for audibles in the roku store on your roku device and we'll see you next time just saying here on the Spirit Media Network. Thanks to all our guests, our sponsors, and we'll see you down the road right here on the Spirit Media Network. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Just Saying with Jason Scarborough, produced and recorded by the Spirit Media Network. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or the TuneIn Radio app. We'll see you next time for more thought-provoking commentary right here on Just Saying with Jason Scarborough.